Hello, friends. This is Jerry Howard, and you're listening to Drunk Jays Fans Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the DJF Podcast for today. It is Wednesday, June the 4th. My sister's birthday. Happy birthday, sister. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice. We're here talking about your first place Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, how many more weeks are we going to be able to say that, I wonder? Hopefully many. The rest of the division's got a dog shit. The rest of the division is a hot garbage <laughs> fire out front of the dirty diaper factory. They're behind a team that has Jay Happ in the rotation, so... They can't be good. Hey, Eric Kraut's fixed him up and fixed him up good. <laughs> that's why. That's why he's here as the third catcher. Personal catcher perpetuity for everyone. Yeah, apparently. Do you have your personal catcher, Mister Andrew Stoughton, of course, editor and uh, the lone voice, really, of uh, DJF these days? Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm well. Good. I'm doing all right. Good, good, good. You're podcasting? Everything's everything's good. We are here podcasting. It's, good. it's a good moment to be a Jays fan. It is. We are striking while the iron is uh, is hot. Uh, yesterday, right? Where are they? Oh, they're playing the Tigers right now. Sure are. This is the ALCS uh, preview. <laughs> oh God, that's terrifying. The Tigers can pitch a little bit. Holy shit! They can hit a little bit too. They have some good players on their team. <laughs> their bullpen, on the other hand, it is a. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of, it would not look out of place in the American fires, League East. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the Tigers are a really good team, and the Blue Jays beat them, and they beat them soundly, except for the part where the <laughs> Tigers the first... scored all their runs. Yeah. Uh, and also the first eight innings. I really think that the Tigers have some good pitchers. Imagine how much good, better the pitchers would be if they had better infield defense, which they kind of do now. They're be- better than last year. Remember, the Tigers are doing all this without Jose Iglesias, who was supposed to be their shortstop every day. Yeah. And now it's Andrew Romine, I think. Yep. He sucks. Yeah. Rick, Rick Porcello he thinks he's a great fielder, and I think Rick Porcello is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, there was a weird one last night, the... Uh, the Jose Bautista ball up the middle that mm-hmm. Romine kind of gave the old Olay to. These things happen. Jose Bautista, team leader. That's right. The leader. Consciously going against the shift, doing little th- you know, when he needs a single, he's just going to drop a single. Getting all in Drew Hutchison's grill. Oh, fuck yeah. Love this narrative. He was in his face. I think it was good natured, though. Oh, yeah. 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 What did Hutchison say post game that it was about uh, shaking it off? He's like, you got out of it. Whatever, no yeah. harm done. We've all we've all talked to meatheads. They they probably think stuff like that helps. <laughs> uh, Wilner, God bless him, did the Lord's work <laughs> trying to like throw so much cold water on this last night. It was it was actually wonderful. I listened During to that as well. Yeah, the Blue Jays talk. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're talking about your Blue Jays. We'll talk about. It's weird. Wilner think, doesn't think that a pep talk will make a guy throw harder or more accurately. Yeah, don't <laughs> I. You know, well, let's burn wonder, him. let's do this one real quick. Was Hutchison like pouting or something on his way off the mound? Was he disappointed? I think he was. I think. I mean, he he doesn't like uh, hide his emotions as well as some pitchers. I think you know. Not, it's like I think it's subtle. Hmm. Uh, and I think he was a little frustrated. Like he, he kind of skated through a bit of a jam that inning. Hmm. And uh, and I don't know if he was. I don't know if he wasn't being aggressive enough. I'm, I figure I'm going to fall into fucking. You know, Greg's on tropes of like, you know, got to establish the fastball, and he wasn't doing that, or whatever, you know, nonsense. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff happens every day. Uh, but it, it wasn't his best hitting, and Batista was like, hey, 
pitch better. I guess, in, and you so know, he's like, okay. Skip. I don't think he was pitch better. I think he was shut up and like maybe yeah. That, I have a feeling that the the way that it was explained by Hutchison through other folks uh, was that it was one of those slamming your bat and and throwing a hissy fit when your team's up like ten runs after a bat after you strike out or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's like. We're in this. You didn't give up any runs. Don't be pouting. That's your job. Your job is to not is to get outs, and you got them eventually. So cram it. Makes sense. Hutch, I am Jose Bautista, the leader. <laughs> the guy who up ten runs goes and slams his bat when he strikes out. He's a leader now. That's right. He's a leader now. You know why he's a leader? Because they're in first place. Why are they in first place? Because he's a leader. That's, that's how it works. It is how it works. It's... It's science. We're gonna the get- guy they wanted to run out of town last September. He's got to stop yelling at the umpires. Yeah, it's yeah. Got- the umpires got a little tight with the media, I guess, and somebody was like, "Jerry's just like, hey, take it easy on the umpires." In the bar, yeah. In the church, wherever. Not the bar. Not the bar for Jerry. <laughs> at the uh, at the pitch talks. This was not Jerry, but at the pitch talks event that was this week. Uh, Alexis uh, Brodnicki. Uh, who works for Baseball America, the Canadian Baseball Network and stuff. She was telling the story of how she sort of first got into that. And uh, so that it was, the first thing was like a, a 3 a.m. email from Bob Elliott. And she's like, well, Bob always emails at 3. Like his most normal time to email is 3 a.m. And it's like at all. So it was just all lowercase. And she was like, is this even really him? And immediately I knew what the hell that was all about. Do you? <laughs> Are you sure? Doesn't sound like anybody that I know. Let me tell you. Yeah. I saw him in the mall, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was at Sherway. I saw Bob Elliott at Sherway Garden. And I averted my gaze with great haste. <laughs> and then I whispered to my wife, I'm like, that guy's in the hall of fame. My wife was like, the guy with the pull bag? <laughs> there we are. All that! <laughs> so much more in this edition of the DJF Podcast. You mentioned the pitch talks, Mr. Stoughton. Uh, real quick, you are doing the next one. Let's get the plug out of the way early. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm doing the next one. Joe Carey, Michael Grange. I think it's going to be like the three of us on some sort of a it's Q&A Campbell. Morgan panel. Campbell, right? Mor- I think Morgan's going to do a thing first, and then the three of us are going to be up there at the same time. But So people who may, may not know who are, who are within the... Uh, in the GTA confines, what mm-hmm. can they expect? What what was the la- the last one like? Uh, it, well, the last one was was a little more. It was like focused on a topic. Uh, for the most part, uh, there there were several speakers. Uh, like I mentioned already, Alexis Rodney, we talked about an international baseball and her, you know, being a, a young woman in this industry, which was a, a really interesting talk. Cahal uh, Kelly and Brandon Kennedy went and then spoke about uh, you know the utility of getting player quotes. Uh, and had a good sort of point counterpoint going uh, with that, uh, which is you know this is kind of the you know the, I think their little marketing tagline is like you know it's like TED Talks with grass stains or something like that. Which that is, is I mean that's a, what they use to sell it. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's yeah it's it's maybe not super. It's not like highfalutin. It's baseball talk. You know, it's just people talking about baseball. And Richard Griffin and uh, Scott MacArthur talked about statistics and sort of. Uh, it was actually really interesting. You know, Griff was like... Was Griffin going on about, like, I'm the original statistician? He was. He absolutely was. <laughs> I've heard that read so he many times. He absolutely was. Because, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, I was, I was hired by the Expos. And, he, you know, he gave... He had a ton of information on, like, 
you know, righty lefty splits and stuff like that. That he, you know, he gave the retro sheet in the eighties because he was like cataloging this sort of information. This was Absolutely. that was part of his job with the Expos when he first started, and he was sort of aghast that he became this anti-stat poster boy. Uh, eventually, when things sort of went the other way, when he was, you know, to his story was was one of the first guys really going deeper than just the box score stats. And what was Scott? What was Scott's uh, take on that, or what was his perspective? Scott, I, I learned. I like Scott. I, I disagreed with him on some stuff. You know, he was, but he was sort of talking about getting, I think, beyond the statistical dogma, uh, and beyond you know looking at it sort of in a vacuum. You know, he, he used the the Ghost Rasmus example, which I didn't really necessarily agree with, uh, but which is that Ghost sort of the, the, just sort of suspending your like what you think about just by looking at you know the cumulative war numbers and stuff like that you know like look at how ghost fits in to the picture with the jays right now as opposed to to rasmus who's another you know all or nothing kind of power guy in terms of his bat and can the jays do the jays need another one of those or are they better balanced attack with a guy like ghost uh which may lead us into something you want to talk about actually not really <laughs> i mean it's it's, it's it seems to be our number one go-to hobby horse right now yours as well in the the depths of the PGF comments. I it's it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change soon, I think, because it's going. My, my hobby horse in the future, not to derail this, mm-hmm. is going to be stop talking about trades that the Jays can't possibly make. That's a good idea. They have no prospects. It's to, true, they do not. Offer. I think that's an important. Their reality check is is required. We'll get to that. I'm going to write yes. that down. Trade reality <laughs> check. Uh, but the pitch talks uh, sound like a lot of fun, and there's yeah. beer, and there's food. Yeah, Left Field Brewery uh, has been at all of them. Uh, you know, they they have a new seasonal beer that was out. You know, it's five bucks. I think the you know a lot of the I think maybe all of it goes to Jay's Care. I'm, I'm not into. I don't don't quote me on that, but mm-hmm. I know there's a big Jay's Care component of it. It's fifteen bucks to get in, but it's it's for a good cost, and it's it's a really interesting night of uh, of baseball, drinking beers. Uh, a place called Loft Kitchen provided a bunch of food. It's like a uh, a green-oriented uh, uh, food cookery place, whatever you call it. Sustainable, 100-kilometer yeah. kind of organic. Yeah, I, I believe so. Slow food. Uh, so that was cool. They had a bunch of food there the last time. And, uh, yeah, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And I don't think the the organizers, who are the guys who run Tall Boys, I don't think they know yet. I mean, I, I spoke to Kevin Kennedy. He's the guy who does it and uh, you know, at the one on Monday night. And he said... You know, well, let's not plan something now. What if some, you know, what if something worthwhile to talk about comes up between now and then? Gotta be don't, nimble. Yeah, don't get your, don't get like material going. So <laughs> I don't know. You're writing jokes. You're writing, yeah, you're writing material. I got the the pad of pet, pat and paper beside the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm totally not just gonna wing it. <laughs> <That doesn't, laughs> even yeah. even if they told you what it was now, and it was like, this is what's gonna be. Yeah. Speaking of wing it, yeah, I got papers. You do but for for no real reason. Uh, so check it out. I think that, well, they're on Twitter and yeah, at tickets pitch, or at pitch talks. There's tickets. No, I think cool. I'm going to go to the next one. I haven't been to any of them yet. Yeah, but Jonah Carey, Michael Grange, Morgan Campbell, all much more interesting than me. So, anytime you get Jonah, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be really good. Talk about the expos. There might be an expos component at some point. Yeah, that's what Griff's for. He barely mentioned it. Good for him. Good for him. He was it him or the Blue Jays were in first place. Mm-hmm. Griffin has been covering the Blue Jays for a very long time. Worked for the Expos before that. Mm-hmm. Probably never been around a playoff team in his. No, he yeah he mentioned he came to the Toronto Star in 1994. Yikes! <laughs> it's him. It's his fault. And uh, Blair as well. Blair's the same way. Mm-hmm. Blair's never been uh, never covered a playoff team. 
interesting thing that uh I think it was MacArthur said, or maybe it was maybe it was Brennan Kennedy actually. But I think it was MacArthur was talking about and again now we're still going on a tangent, but was talking about covering the playoffs last year and like the post game stuff and the you know the players, you know, the walk out and they go to the the microphone and the table and the and all that and, and have to address the throngs of reporters and stuff and it's you know, that environment. He's he's like Man, I don't know. I can't. I can't imagine Brett Laurie having to do a thing like that, or some of these Jays guys <laughs> like, like having to go and do what the you know what the Cardinals players did last year and what the, yeah. what the Red Sox players did last year, and you, you know, baptism by fire, I think. But they also were like, oh, this year everybody seems a little better prepared than last year to handle all of that stuff. The media well, well, yeah, whether that you know whether I don't think that's reflected in their play. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's reflected in the fact that I hate I I don't want to I don't want to jinx it I don't like even thinking about it but uh, <laughs> somehow all of baseball is hurt and the Toronto Blue Jays are pretty all right shush <laughs> right no the Blue Jays are hurt Coley Rasmus on the DL yeah uh, all of the Buffalo Bisons fell dead on the field this, this week is, this is true this those is are true. Blue Jays Ricky Romero's get gets paid Blue Jay size checks <laughs> yeah and he hurt his knee apparently. Yeah, uh, but the Blue Jays are in, indeed in first place. They're playing. They're still playing very good baseball. Uh, it was tremendous. They, they were undone by an error, halting their uh, winning streak against the Kansas City Royals of all fucking people. One throw and what, what, like Reyes doesn't bounce that throw, and they're what? They're you know one loss in how many fucking games is it? Seventeen? Like it's it's stupid. It's it's insane. Maybe two losses in seventeen. It's 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 ridiculous. I was thinking about this in a way that's not real, like not. Not applicable in real life. Mm-hmm. But the Blue Jays, as you mentioned, uh, kind of putting, paraphrasing Scott MacArthur, uh, there's a lot of boom and bust in their lineup. Guys that are going to run into pitches mm-hmm. for a while, hit home runs. Brett Laurie is becoming that very quickly. Colby Rasmus is that. Bautista and Encarnacion are not that. They're very good. But, I mean, they're, they're, this is the kind of team that could get hot and stay hot for a while. Mm-hmm. Could get cold, stay hot for a cold. You went 20 games in a month like they did in May. I was thinking about this. This is not real. Again, uh, say you win twenty games in May, you win twenty games in August. Sorry, you win twenty games in July, twenty games in September. Those are three huge months. Mm-hmm. Which you got a team full of guys that could bang it all together at once. You only have to win ten games in each of the other three months, and you win ninety. It's crazy. It's not a good way to approach it because what <laughs> happens if you do win, win <laughs> you ten games yeah. three months in a row? Yeah. Uh, but we're getting to the point of the season where it's like, oh, you know. There's still a lot of baseball to play. Let's be real. That's There's not a even shit ton of baseball. A shit to ton play. of baseball to play. The Boston Red Sox just keep bringing children up off of the streets of Massachusetts. Mookie Betts in Pawtucket. He's on his way. Oh yeah. He has more extra base hits than strikeouts. <laughs> and this is a, this is a thing that speaks to what we were you know we were going to talk about later about the trade stuff. Like I, I've I've got to do a piece about this, and if I had thought about it, so, you know, just to look at. Other farm systems of contenders who would be looking for the same things the Blue Jays are looking for. The Red Sox can beat any fucking trade the Toronto Blue Jays hope to put together. Okay, let's do this. We'll do this in order. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to throw cold water on trade scenarios after this. Okay. Okay, the Blue Jays are good. They're playing well. They're in a good position. Mm-hmm. There are obviously positions to upgrade. People would love to upgrade the rotation as much as we like Eric Kratz's personal pitcher. <laughs> It would be nice to have maybe yeah. someone who's a bit more reliable, a little, a little bit of a higher ceiling, or more to the truth, a higher floor. Yeah, because Jay Happ's floor is the depths of hell. Yeah, no, he could be 
he can be very Just bad awful. and get nobody out. Yeah. Uh, so and, it'd be nice and to kill your bullpen and all the horrible things that come. The Reaper, the, yeah. the 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 Rob Rasmus Rasmussen and. Uh, Hendricks, there's just a parade of people coming from Buffalo to replace the broken and dead arms in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So that would be a nice thing to have. The Blue Jays right now, I think, hope that Marcus Stroman can be that. He looked terrific. They still need another one. but yeah, Demolishing no, yeah. the Kansas City Royals in his first the, career start. The high-flying offense of the Kansas City Royals, yeah. They scored a bunch of runs the other time. They did. They did. Uh, they're, do- they're horrible. They're so fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, which is disappointing. I thought the Royals could maybe be pretty good this year and justify the James Shields trade. Oh, wait! They already can, because they got James Shields. <laughs> but. Yeah. That James Shields flag is going to fly forever. I hope it does. <laughs> Just put it out there. The things, the things put it out there in right center in Kaufman. We had James Shields for two years. I was talking to Todd McCullough of the uh, Kansas City star, who's the Royals beat writer, yeah. about the James Shields, uh, Will Myers thing. Oh, by the way. The- uh, Andy McCullough. Todd McCullough was a Canadian basketball player. He was, Andy McCullough. <laughs> uh, I, not only, as an aside to that, the Royals also got Wade Davis, who strikes, strikes it's insane, 50% yeah. of the batters he's faced this year. <laughs> yeah. A guy like Shields is having him around, and the Jays have it in a way with Burley and, and Dickey in a way. They're veterans who Stroman can watch. He doesn't have to go and ask Mark Burley questions, because mm-hmm. Mark Burley doesn't have any answers. Mm-hmm. I throw what the catcher tells me to do. <laughs> That's Mark Burley's, like, you know, kind of pat line. James Shields is, walks around, and apparently Jordano Ventura is like a little puppy dog that falls him and just watches mm-hmm. what Shields does. Shields is known as a really smart guy, really like cerebral player, prepares well. There's value in that. I don't care what you say. I mean, that's. I don't know if this was at the pitch talks or not. I think it might have been as well. I, I can't. It might have been MacArthur as well. Not to keep crediting him, but uh, he's a good guy, smart guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Scott, and uh, was talking about. And again, this is stuff you know. I don't. There, there's some. There's got to be value into it. But but just talking about the line of pitchers that sort of go through, uh, you know, the Henkin and and Clemens years here. Then you have Halliday and Carpenter, and then you see Carpenter and Wainwright in St. Louis. And that's you know, there's sort of you could follow a, a trajectory of uh-huh. of guys who, as young pitchers, were you know behind a rotation guys who were really fucking good at what they do mm-hmm. and and you know sort of model pitchers and that that's helped carry carry over you know you look at the you know who better for the young cardinals pitchers the billions of them that they have to you know to have in the locker room than adam wainwright you watch you look at all the guys that learned and 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 uh and apprenticed under roy halliday you start with sean markham <laughs> dustin mcgowan ricky romero we're talking about yeah. the, like the new leading lights yeah. in the american league yeah the Blue Jays are good. So you're saying that might be bullshit. There's a limit yeah. to what it can do. When, you ha- when you're when you Dano Ventura and you throw 100 fucking miles an hour, learning how to actually pitch is going to help you. When you're, Mar- when you're Sean <laughs> Mark, you know, 85 miles an hour, <laughs> you're out there on your own, bud. <laughs> or you're probably in the bar, but... <laughs> <laughs> that has been... Re- like re- People have mentioned that in, at every stop of his career, as I will that, say. I, that's the only reason I feel comfortable saying it. Yeah. The Jays are good, but an upgrade is never unwanted. Mm-hmm. The challenge, and what you're about to tell us and and state in no uncertain terms, is that upgrading will be difficult for the Blue Jays because they realistically have one minor league trade chip that they would be willing to part with. Mm-hmm. And, is that fair to say? And, and if whether or not they're willing yeah, to part with them, and they would even be, you know, unwilling to do it I, I, for for all sort of optics reasons. And you know, Sanchez is the guy that they decided they had to keep 
instead mm-hmm. of Syndergaard, supposedly, if we're to be believed, you know, mm-hmm. which I think... In the falsest of all false dilemmas. Yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, it makes sense. But they, you know, they kept one of those big three who, from Lansing a few years mm-hmm. back, and it's him, and he's in double A, and he's literally, like, their only prospect of value. I mean, people will talk, you know, there's, there's Sean Nolan, not getting you anything. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the Mitch Nays of the world. You know, there's Roberto Asuna, if you look at, like... Uh, prospect depth charts, you know, mm-hmm. the the BP and Keith Law and all that. You know, as soon as up there, he's like coming off Tommy John last year. He is not getting traded. You know, no, mm-hmm. not a lot of teams are going to see a lot of value there until they can see he's healthy and, uh, you know, everything else. Everything's all back together. It's, uh, that's not happening. And so you keep going farther and farther down the day, the Jays' prospect depth chart. Obviously, there was Stroman, but he's not going anywhere. They need him in the big league rotation. Drew Hutchison, I think Nick Cafardo mentioned something about that. He's not going anywhere, obviously. They need him. So it really is. It's Sanchez, and then you have to try to patch it together with some of these low minors guys that, that and hope that other teams want that if the, if you're trying to make a big deal. But every team has big arms in the low minors. Mm-hmm. Every team has guys you can sort of dream on with big upside. I know the Jays have a ton of them. but Which is their approach. This is their, their wise approach is to not just sure. bring in guys who can pitch well in low A or pitch well in short season ball, but it's like as many of them as you can. And throw it against the wall, mm-hmm. and and see what comes out of it. And that's and, what, that's what the Astros are doing. That's what everyone, yeah, tries to do in their own way. And that's and and I think that and you're right. That's that's absolutely smart. And then you'll eventually see the best of the best sort of start to bubble up to to double A. You know, Dan Norris is is I guess the next guy as well. Mm-hmm. But he's been able to locate for two thirds of a year, like, two months. Yeah, back into last year supposedly, but I mean okay. he hasn't pitched above a ball yet either. Uh, so that I mean, there's va- there's value there, but then also you start talking about really you know you trade Sanchez and Dan Norris, and then where is your fucking farm system? What do you do next year? Mm-hmm. You know what do you you know you start looking? You stare at the flag that's flying. Yeah, the, I mean you hope you that there's a flag it. to be stared at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know going back to like baseball prospectus and Keith Law, uh, I think it was really interesting because at the start of the year, you know when people were talking about the value of systems, uh, BP was pretty high. Jason Parks was high on the Jays. He loves you know what was it? Hiro uh, Labort, some big fucking name and a big fucking arm, you know, something yeah, like yeah. that. He was, you know, and loves all these, you know, upside, huge armed guys in the low minors, whereas Keith Law ranked them quite low and people didn't like that about it. And his justification was, well, I'm sort of looking at it from an industry perspe- perspective and the guys the Jays have, he's, you know, he says, I like them, but mm-hmm. they just don't have the kind of value because of where they are in the system. And that's absolutely true. And that's why the Jays are not in an advantageous position when it comes to the trade market. And so people sort of dreaming up these scenarios like, well, we've got to get Samarja. We're going to we, you know, maybe Cole Hamels, maybe Ben Zobris. You know, looking at the rosters of all the teams that are starting mm-hmm. to look like they're fucked. And it's like, not only are the Jays going to have trouble matching the value of those guys, there's other teams with all these bigger chips that can just push them around. The Red Sox have that in spades. They have yeah. position players who are banging on the door of the big leagues, which for the most part... That's what these other clubs are going to want. Yeah, that's which what anybody Jays, wants. Which the Jays do not have. Which the Jays do not do not have. And it's not even about trying to sell it to the fan base. It's about the 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 return on their inve- on on their investment, mm-hmm. getting a return on what they're giving up. You give up Chase Utley, who's on a short deal. You give up whoever. You want something back, tangible, and you want to think that you're going to get a some kind of return on that. Mm-hmm. And a low A pitcher, big armed or otherwise, has a slimmer than we want to acknowledge chance of discovering that potential. Yeah. Look at the I mean look at the Roy Halladay trade for 
for what for one year Roy Halladay they get mm. Kyle Drabeck in double A was the top 20 prospect in all of baseball and the fly like the flyer guys or I guess uh, what was it Michael Taylor who Michael Taylor who was who was higher was, up in the in the in the minor leagues than, like he was and then anything the Jays have other than Sanchez right now and, and then Darno Darno was the, the throw in yeah. from a ball yeah but he was a catcher yeah look at look at the list of people who have been traded for Cliff Lee yeah nothing <laughs> true Justin Smoke, the living embodiment of replacement <laughs> level, yeah. is the best player that was basically traded for Cliff Lee. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get that value, and it is. It's just it is, but just but also Justin Smoke at that time was, was a top prospect. It was huge. Was way you know was a was a guy that the Jays don't have right now. So that's not to say that that is going to derail the attempts. Because the other thing you can always do, and which the Jays may not be in a good position to do that, is just take all the money on. Yeah. Be like, okay, we're not going to trade you. A, we don't have a big prospect to offer. Mm-hmm. But we can offer salary relief. Yeah. There's just so much fucking cash in baseball right now that that's mm-hmm. tough. And that's a tough sell to to the fan base of the team that's giving a guy up, I think, too, where it's like, well, we did save this money. Mm-hmm. You know, you would rather the team take off, you know, not 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 give up as much money in order to get the better prospects. That's an easier sell to make, I think. The fans cuz the fans don't give a shit about, you know, your your budget. You they just see the the massive payrolls and the massive TV deals and I mean, you're right. It's a it's entirely a possibility, but a slim one. Yeah. The, and then it ends up being like you're taking on huge amounts of money. Yeah. It's like, okay. Oh, I mean, like Cliff Lee's deal pick is, Cliff is Lee's. insane. Was it 25 years, 25 million a year for three more years? Something like that, yeah. That's Cliff Lee. I, I do that in a fucking heartbeat. But yeah. still, yeah, that's a lot of money. That's $75 million in yeah. guaranteed money or whatever it is that the, that any team who would be like trying to ha- trying to offset their, the, the, their, inabil- their ability to offer a reasonable mm. or a practical prospect. Yeah. So it's interesting. The Jays are going to have to get creative. They are going to have to get creative. Uh, and, uh, and creative, not a nickname for Jason Hamill, hopefully. But he mm. could, yeah. But, though, I mean, that's the pool they're swimming in. I really believe it. I mean, every every day now I'm seeing, you know, because everybody knows they got to do something with the rotation. You know, that's, that's a fact of life. They, that's, they're, you know, they're doing well. It's great. But, I mean, you just, you even look at this Detroit series and you, you allow yourself to imagine for a second, well, what if this was a playoff series? Holy fucking shit. What are, what are we going to do? Like, what is, what is the point of doing all this and getting there if you get there and you look across the diamond at Verlander and Scherzer and Anibal Sanchez and you, you, you know, you're fucked. So and everybody knows smiling. that you have to... <laughs> and Drew Smiley. Well. Even that. But, like, Purcell's fine. Yeah. But the, but the Jays, I mean, the bottom line is the Jays really do need to address this a little bit. It would help their bullpen, too. It would help them in all sorts of ways, you know, down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, I just I just don't see where they're making that big swoop, and, and you know maybe I'm being too pessimistic. But uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. This season has uh, a lot more twists and turns to come in it, and you know the way that they've played so far has been terrific, and it's set up all this crazy shit that I think is going to happen over the next few months, which is like amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it, but reality check: that's going to be tough for them to add a frontline pitcher. How about a reality check on the other side? Just before I make my Dylan Batances, Aaron Sanchez jokes <laughs> for this week. Um, interesting comments from Edwin Encarnacion about Juan Francisco, mm. about how he convinced Francisco to come to Toronto and how Francisco had a few different offers, but the lure of a guy like E.E., e., who's a buddy of his, who they trained together with Cano in, uh, in the Dominican, 
brought him in town, which I, I think something that feels like it never happens for the Blue Jays. It feels like those mm. are the guys, when guys can pick, <laughs> they go somewhere else. Yeah, no, absolutely. For whatever reason. So, I mean, Francisco's kind of coming back to earth, of course. He's not really, not quite walking as much as he ha- had been. and it's still, it's still all right, though. It's working just fine. And, yeah. and, and again, Gibby, to his eternal credit, is not afraid. He's not, uh, he doesn't seem like he's afraid to do anything. Mm-hmm. As soon as last night, you know, we, everyone's talking about the Lynn's numbers against right-handed pitching. They're great. Tigers go to a lefty. Boom. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fanta- That's so fantastic to see. To see mm-hmm. that they're at that point where it's like, no, you know what? Adam Lind, you're hitting 400 against righties? Mm-hmm. Don't care. Can't, you can't touch lefties. This is established. This is the way we do it. And it works. Mm-hmm. And with Tallson. I mean, that's, I mean, that's part of it too, though, right? You know, Pilar grounds out softly to the pitcher, and uh, maybe there's a different conversation. Maybe we're having to smack people in the face with Lynn's terrible numbers against left-handed pitching. But it's nice that... The old Gibbers seems to fucking know that. Uh, Kevin Pilar. Did you know? I didn't realize this. Hmm? He's got about 150 plate appearances in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Four walks. <laughs> God. Zero this year. But that's okay. He can swing it. Yeah. Uh, that's, I, okay, I, so don't, the, I, I don't hate the Ghost Pilar platoon idea next I year. I don't like... Uh, really? Yeah. I don't like it. I don't hate it. Uh, it was, oh, it was somebody tweeted at you, and was it me as well? But people talking about Anthony Gosa's need to bunt. Yeah, someone said Perk Dave Perkins needs a, he needs to like, bunt. Bunt his way to three hundred. It ain't gonna happen. No, he tried it last night. Right back to the pitcher. It's hard. It's not to yeah. bunt for a hit. Is hard. Yeah, I went looking for bunt guys with with a lot of bunts. You know who I came up with? A name that some people might recognize. And if you're listening to this near your computer or your phone or whatever. I'll look up Willie Tavares. Mm-hmm. Played for the Rockies. He had some good years. Colorado. I think a couple three-win years. Lots of glove. Uh, lots of bunts. He had like 35 bunt hits one year. Wow. Right. That's really hard to do. Yeah. And yet that is 35 in 162 games or whatever number of games Willie Tavares played. I basically, I basically went looking for like the uh, since the start of this century... Uh, guys who had lots of bunt singles or mm-hmm. lots of bunt hits, and he had some of like the highest seasons, individual season bunt hits, and he ended up for his career. I assuming it started or from 2000 to the end of his career, he had 130 bunt hits, uh, which he converted those at about 45 percent. Jeez, okay. So that means he tried a shitload of bunts, mm-hmm. and he also had 103 infield singles. He had a couple of years where he hit for a high average. But he was still like a dog shit player for the most part. Not dog shit. He had two good years. <laughs> right. Okay. Two good years that were propped up by early UZR. Right. Essentially. Right. Not to say that he's bad, but it just comes right back to the same thing we talked about before, that like Ghost's margin for error is razor thin. And then he has a game where he doesn't quite make the plays. Maybe he knocks the ball down. keeps the sing- turns Instead of turning a, a single into an out, he nicely... Mm-hmm keeps the single from being a double mm-hmm. suddenly like what do you got what do you got you got Ryan Goins you love this which one. people what the Ryan Goins you got thing? Brandon Ryan let's say okay people don't uh, someone in the comments last night was just like stop comparing ghosts and Goins Ghost is younger and has these tools and I'm not they're not the same fucking player but they no. have the same margin for error and, and they have you know they're 
that have the same like minor league track record of not being able to hit and people magically looking at you know a handful of games at the start of a year mm-hmm. and being like oh this guy's great and started to f- stop paying attention and just assume he's still great when the numbers go fucking south it's really hard to t- convince convert bunt attempts into bunt hits not a lot of guys manage to even do it like if you are converting 50% of your bunt hit attempts into hits you are extreme you're Joe Maurer or Carlos Pena or Carlos Gonzalez which means you're bunting into the shift you're bunting against the shift mm-hmm. for, for hits but uh, and, no. yeah, and people have this magical some people not all people most people are, are reasonable yeah most people are reasonable but I think people have this magical idea oh well I should just Play in the Dominican Winter League and just bunt every time, you know. Do you know? Do do all these? You know, just bunt, just bunt every waking hour, like you're shooting free throws. You know, right? <laughs> like, just get in the, get in there, put the put the, the 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 pitching machine on slider and then bunt it. Yeah, uh, just visualize it. You know, before you go to bed, visualize a hundred successful bunts every night. <laughs> It's interesting to note about the Winter League thing is uh, those teams really want to win. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. So it's not like a lab that you can just go and like let have a guy bunt every time. They'll cut him. Yeah. They'll be like, go away from our country. This matters a lot to us. <laughs> my, actually, my buddy Bo happened to be in Cuba at the time yeah. of the final game of this year's Cuban World Series. I mean, mm-hmm. was, he, went, he went to it, which yeah. he said was absolutely insane. I can only imagine. It was imagine. like 18,000 people making more noise than he's ever heard anywhere, <laughs> like in the biggest arenas he's been, you know. Awesome. Yeah. But that's negative stuff. Uh, positive stuff. Edwin Carnacion was the name the player of the month in baseball for May because he hit what sixteen fucking home runs. Fucking amazing. Yeah, he's a badass. <laughs> so good. Uh, lots of good stuff this week about Jose Bautista hitting against the shift. Not not just bunting, but like mm-hmm. making an effort to go to right field. Yeah, Brendan Kennedy had a good thing about that, and Jeff Sullivan at Fangraphs kind of followed up on mm-hmm. that as well. Digging in a little bit. Um, yeah, it's good. And uh, John Lott it. wrote a good thing about the defensive shifts, which is nice to see the Blue Jays going back to that. Yeah, I think if you have, if you have a team like the Jays and you have one very good defensive player in infielder, and you have a shortstop who might be a little on the limited side, <laughs> and you're running Francisco out there or Steve Tolleson, uh, you got well. I, I don't care who you are have out there. Yeah. Frankly, shift. shift, shift. Yeah, it's all right there. Use all the data that you can to make yourself better. Yeah. Big thing now is the outfield shift. That's the yeah. next. That's the next uh, vanguard. Please, Colby, play a little deeper. Yeah, you want when him to play get, deeper when, when you get back. He just he, people. Well, it drives people nuts. You, if you look at his, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, a month's worth of UCR doesn't like, mean anything. But mm-hmm. there were definitely balls over his head. That, he has a reputation as being a guy who's not good yeah. going straight back. I know what's yeah. his name, Steve McEwen. You like know on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. He's he's long maintained that Colby Rasmus is not good going on, on balls over his head, and uh, I believe some of the. Play by play, individual. Uh, <laughs> no, like for real, like the the, yeah. the play. Oh, that, individually okay. play based defensive metrics, the plus minuses and the in, inside edge would back that up. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about the play by play guys, you know, uh, licking Anthony Ghost's balls. That's as the a, up- on, as a contrast, which has continued to warp this entire conversation. That I think is, it does is ha- not a conversation. But people whatever. love a stolen base, though. It's right there. It's right in your face. You see something positive that he did. Then you see a strikeout from Rasmus, and you're like, oh, that guy always strikes out, except when he fucking doesn't. When he hits the ball into the second deck. <laughs> when it, when last year's AL center fielders by war are Trout, Jacoby Ellsbury, Colby Rasmus. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Anthony Ghost is better? Come on. Uh, somebody said something interesting, and I, this, this could play into what you mentioned uh, about 
Rasmus, and it was a guy who was talking about Alex Rios as a member of the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. He's a guy whose production exceeds his value. Mm-hmm. And that's an idea that I don't really know that I'm too comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Because you're starting to really kind of dance around and move the goalposts on what you deem to be value mm-hmm. and how some production is more equal than other production. Yeah. But I, I, I can I can I can sort of No, no, go ahead. Interject. But yeah, I can understand though that side of it, right? There's Where, a there's a I'm willing to accept. You know, you're not just trying to accumulate value mm-hmm. and you know just and you you are, but mm-hmm. Not in so sort of narrow a way necessarily. It works both ways. Yeah, it, there's no magic elixir, and the, the you know the idea of a glue guy or a guy who brings the whole ties the whole room together uh, is kind of bullshit. But at the same time, it's not just like an add the wars. Yeah, exactly. Competition. Yes. Right. But Coley Rasmus is a valuable player, and not only does his do his numbers when he's on the field, which is his big. Thing, support yeah. that. Uh, the for the marketplace is going to support that as well sure this is, year. Yeah. And I don't think that anyone who believes that Coley Rasmus is, is is not a val- valuable or winning baseball player uh, is going to believe the amount of money he's going to get in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a lot. Unless he comes back and sucks. Yeah, that could happen. He's still going to make a lot of money. We, were we, we, did we talk about this last time? I don't know. I, I was talking with with someone what? about like you know what if they, you know what if he does suck? Do you offer him a qualifying offer? What yeah. If the, what if the J? What what if he takes it and you're the Jays and now you now you just added a fifteen million dollar player and Rogers is looking at you and saying, well that's it, enjoy your all the money you had to spend. What could be fascinating? Could it? Mm-hmm. Could be horrifying. <laughs> Maybe you'll yeah, give Jay and hap two guaranteed years no, maybe not. or however many years he got I'm just saying maybe they maybe they would be re- reluctant to offer Rasmus a qualifying offer if they thought if they feared that he would take it what's the worst which I, which I think it's possible he could play himself into that because we've seen it in 2011 and 2012 you know what that's it I think that's interesting yeah <laughs> but I still think the worst case scenario it's easy to look at other center fielders and be like, he's going to get B.J. Apton's contract. I think that that's probably a decent little baseline. I, yeah, but, I, I think that's much more reasonable to believe, but I'm just, this, there, there's a scenario. You add that qualifying offer tax in there, maybe you're looking at Michael Bourne, right? Mm-hmm. If, if Rasmus comes back and doesn't sort of pick up where he left off last year, a team giving up a draft pick and a huge contract to get him, he could, he could be a limbo guy. I don't know. Those are sexy tools, though. If people want to talk about tools, the guy hits the ball out of the fucking ballpark. Yeah, seemingly and at and will. he's young. And he's there's, there's, you know, there's all sorts of factors in his favor. But Colby Rasmus man, is just, just so like he's so hot and cold, yeah. right? That, again, that's where you, you. I'm willing to let that kind of pr- production versus value thing creep in. Totally, because yeah. he's he. That's like a perfect sort of test case for it because of that. He tinkers, right? He's always fucking yeah. around with his stance. Right now, if you watch, I don't know what, what it'll be like when he comes back. Watch him when he comes up, what he's been doing this year. He stands like two feet farther forward in the batter's <laughs> box than anybody else. He stands way up and is like, come on, throw me a fastball. You can throw it right past me. You can do it, pitcher. <laughs> and then they do. They try, and he hits it into the into the mezzanine. Mm-hmm. But they throw him something that's not straight. Swinging through it. Yeah. Or he'll go like three weeks in a row without a hit, and then he'll hit seven home runs in 15 games. 
And of course, the other stuff that all this is premised on, which I you know was saying before about how there's all sorts of twists and turns that are still to be taken, is you know people are easy to want to forget about Rasmus when Juan Francisco is going well, mm-hmm. because yeah, you don't really need that all or nothing power guy in your lineup when you have Juan Francisco. But when Juan Francisco turns back into the guy who fucking bounced around a bunch of different organizations, if that happens, mm-hmm. and you're playing Steve Tollison every day, and Anthony Ghosts, and it starts to look fucking a little dire, you could use a Rasmus kind of like that, and, and the potential that it brings, even if he's going to be cold half the time and tinkering, and who knows what the fuck. And I think that's the kind of stuff that even gets overlooked in the Jays Crazy May. In is. Mm-hmm. How bad was Melky Cabrera? Yeah, that's that. People have started to sort of notice that. You know, I think I heard Wilner mention it the, the other day, and yeah, yeah. he has not had a good little run. Look at fucking Deonor Navarro's numbers. <laughs> he's fucking dog. If it wasn't for that one game where I was just about to yeah. tweet that he was how bad he had been, and then he hit a ball into the seats, he was terrible yeah. in May. Kratz, even terrible, not much better. Terrible relative to catchers, which is <laughs> <laughs> just, just so bad. <laughs> But when you've got... Hey, Mark Burley, though. Hey, Mark he's, Burley's he's calling a good game, that Dioner. Whatever. That's cool. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Let him play every day. He's not the other guy. Yeah. And he's even when he's bad, he's still better than the other guy. <laughs> yeah. But... Kazer. Yeah. There are opportunities... I, I think that's a fair point. One that maybe all of us should consider a little bit is... Boom or bust it does apply, but it's nice to have a guy who has the boom in it. Yes, absolutely. As opposed to absolutely. the guy who's like bust or like not sexy bust. Yeah. Running around. Yeah. Causing attention. But also the milky thing. You're looking at your watch, I see. I am a little bit. But but the milky thing, you know, the boom or bust stuff, is it works all the way through the lineup too, which is partly why this is, uh, you know, a well set up team going forward because, you know, milky's cold. You barely notice it because mm-hmm. Reyes heats up. Yeah. You know, Batista and Encarnacion are always going to be fucking nailing it. Lind, apparently. Always going to be hitting right-handed pitching. One, okay, look, one, one last thing. This is the last thing that we'll talk about. You did mention about getting creative. Mm-hmm. We said we the guys got to get creative. Maybe trading Col- Colby Rasmus is the creative piece here. Maybe that is the kind of creativity they need to show. Trading an obviously superior player to the guy behind him in the depth chart, feeling that what the two, the win or two you might lose from in center field, you gain. Somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Colby Rasmus is going to net you a number three starter, no. or he's not going to pull in whatever. Because again, Colby Rasmus' is, is trade uh, value is limited in that he doesn't return a uh, the comp pick. Once he gets traded. Once he gets yeah. traded, he can't be offered that qualifying mm-hmm. offer. So then he's just a guy. So who's he helping versus mm-hmm. the piece that's going the other way? Yeah. So... There is an element of getting creative there, but you're still limited. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and th- I mean, this is the video game scenario is what creeps into people's head. Well, you find the right team, and then you you add, you start adding just the quote unquote prospects. Those are my mm-hmm. favorite trade proposals. Like this guy and prospects. Yeah, quote unquote. Like, come on, you you might need to be a little more specific than that. Yeah, I, I, it, it's hard. It's hard to envision just because a team, a contending team that would want to take on a guy like Rasmus, wouldn't be giving up the kind of pitching that Jays need. Maybe they can get a prospect they can help to flip to another team to do that, and that's you know the sort of the scenario where you can envision the Jays maybe turning Rasmus into in, into some form of pitching help. 
you know, you get uh, you get a guy back for him that makes you feel better about moving some of your minor league depth. Hopefully, you know, you have the draft this week we haven't even talked about. Hopefully you actually sign the fucking guys that you pick. Yeah, yeah, that would be you nice. sort of add them to your system, which would be nice. Yeah, It's good that we didn't talk about the draft, I yeah. think. Yeah, I the draft is uh, tomorrow night. Today's Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday. Draft, uh, day one of the draft is tomorrow night. I'm going to live blog it, and now you're going to explain to me why that's dumb. You have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. None. Nope. None whatsoever. Nope. Nobody the does. people who know what they're talking about barely have any idea what they're talking about. Oh, I've heard stories. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's fun. But especially in a year like this year, there is no clear-cut number one. Mm-hmm. There's a few guys who are up there. Who knows? The, the, the MLB draft is fun, but it's also like the craziest crapshoot of all. Mm-hmm. It's it's a crapshoot that's still so incredibly top heavy. Like somebody tweeted today, I think it was Sam Miller, that like the number seventy seven pick in the draft, which is what the third round, second round back in the day when, when with all the sandwich picks. Mm-hmm. All the seventy seventh draft picks ever have accumulated one win above replacement. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah, you can. If you're good at it, someone, some people are like, it goes, it's it's like anything in baseball, I think. Are these people good at it or are they good at it until they're not? Totally. Like, are they are they good at it like the Rays were good at keeping pitchers healthy until they weren't? Yeah. Are the Cardinals good at, at drafting? They have a great draft record, but are they do they know something mm-hmm. that other people don't? Rays too. I don't know that they do. The Rays were great at drafting until they weren't. Yeah. Their draft, their minor league is a cesspool at this point. <laughs> a lot of it is people, I think, setting, you know, the people who really get into it. And, they're, you know, they're genuine and they're, they're mm. interested and that's great that they want to be fans at that sort of deep level. But I, I'm suspicious sometimes that it's like setting themselves up to have something to fucking hammer people with later. Like, I thought the Jays should have drafted J.P. Crawford. I don't know why they took Phil Bickford. Look at him now that he's, you know, he's, you know, to be able to second guess people better. It's like, let's get right in on this. People talk about doing grades going to issue grades on the night of the draft. Yeah, it's insane. Good luck with that. (laughs) Just remember that there's a lot of quality and a lot of time and effort that goes into all of those mock drafts that goes into prospect lists. Which is all anyone's basing it on. Which is great. And you can learn a lot and you can feel much more informed and be more informed Mm -hmm. by reading those things. But a list is a list. And if it's on Baseball Prospectus or if it's on BuzzFeed, it's still a listicle. It's still content- Designed to get eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Not any different. So tomorrow morning we'll have our list at DJF of uh, the possible draft picks that the Jays will be making. Tomorrow. You can do that. I think I got someone else doing it. Good for you. I don't. I don't know. What, I don't know what is. No, Kyle Matt's going to do a draft piece. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be about. You're going to be able I, to draft. I, I told him. Hey, he, he said, "Do you have any draft content?" This week, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I haven't really <laughs> open pockets. I haven't really overturn. thought about it that much. I just. It's weird. I mean, part of it's that the Jays are winning. I know we're rambling here, but you know, part of we it, are. <laughs> part, part of it's that the Jays are winning, which is you know makes the draft like less compelling than when you're like, oh fuck, we better look at the draft this year because the Jays are mm-hmm. are dog shit again. Like the you know, there's way more fun things to think about. Uh, you know, there the nine and eleven are are, are good That's picks, good. high picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Keith Law released his rankings. You know, different. Uh, as opposed to the mock draft where he tries to you know, guess based on the inside information that he has where guys are, are going to go based on like, the inf- information and like you know, 
establish patterns and what he thinks teams are looking for. Uh, where you know the, the the guys that the Jays have been tied to are sort of further back than where their picks are, uh, which is interesting. And you know, part of me you know sort of thinking, well, they do okay with pitchers. With you know, they've they've helped they, as much as people like to shit on their farm system. They developed you know some good young arms, I think, and you know one of them's fucking ace of the Miami Marlins right now. <laughs> and uh, so I'm okay with that. If you want to go a little off the board and, and take pictures and, you know, the, but these are just like, the, those are the kinds of thoughts that I have. You know, I, I can't get into Tukey Toussaint's fucking repertoire as a fucking 18 year old and get too worked up about anything. You know, he's, uh, they're going to take a pitcher who's going to be young and have upside and, they will have not taken somebody else, and that's not to disparage it all. And like I say, I'm going to live blog it, and it's interesting to see who they do end up bringing mm-hmm. the system. It's it's, think, it's a lot of wish casting. You yeah. see, you see a guy drafted, you re, you think, I hope they sign him. I hope he develops. I, you you hope for like a Michael Walker type of guy, where sure. you draft. Why you know all last October? Why did 28 teams? pass on this guy. It's like, well, he got better. Yeah. He's better from the time he drafted to the time he got to the big leagues. He improved himself as a pitcher. The, the Cardinals in the Cardinal way made him a better player. Mm-hmm. You hope the Jays are going to do their homework. You hope every... You know everyone's going to do their homework. They're they're out there. you got to get lucky at the same time. Get lucky. Just take take a guy who can help you this year. Not what? There you go. Yeah. Take the best <laughs> player available. Flags fly forever. Every single time. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Like Chris Sale. Right. Sale. That, that was a get him right again. To the you, majors. Marcus you, Stroman. Could you got to put be, him right in the bullpen. You got to be daring. You got to do make do something weird. I don't know. Just, just got to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's just I, 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 I think it is. It's the winning thing that's happening. Where it's just like this isn't make or break at the moment. It doesn't feel like it's the same as it has been in other years. Where it's like they have to hit a home run with these picks because they're mm-hmm. fucked. Like it'd be nice to hit a home run with these picks. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> if they don't, you know what? If the, if the Jays fuck up the draft or they draft somebody, would, they don't When sign would it? they ever have done a thing like that? Right now, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. I can live with that. All right. Uh, you get your tickets for Pitch Talks featuring your boy, oh, Andrew Stoughton. Plugging the hell out of this. Yeah, why not? I might come. It's a bigger venue, so yeah, do it. I heard that Left Field Beery's got some nice brew, too. They do, actually. Yeah, it was really good. There you go. I, and, I, and I'm a well-established, not a hot man. They... They knew that when I went up. They're like, not a, you're not a hop guy. You really? You this beer. I mentioned it the last time I was there, too. I'm like, oh, fuck hops. I was playing baseball mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago, not, not this Saturday, the one before, and I was walking behind the screen to go to our bench. I was a little bit, the game hadn't started. I was like, oh, you drew? I was like, yeah. He's like, cool, man. I'm like, yeah. Fuck hops, man. <laughs> yes! You know. I was so happy. I was so happy. I don't care. I have anything to say about like the work that I do. If you're on, if you're on, if you're part of the fuck hops movement, you and I are going to get along yeah. just fine. That's, yeah. Just fine. For Andrew Stoughton, Ryan Eli, stayed awake the whole time. That's pretty good. It looked like it was a struggle. <laughs> he, he does, you know, you are the Willie Tavares of staying awake. You do it with 45% of the time. (laughs) Uh, My name is Drew. We'll talk to you next week on the DJF Podcast. For more Drunken Jays debauchery, check out thescore.com slash DJF. Nothing.